just let him in the inn. Although she's always called John when they join. Hey, John. <laughs> Hi, Eddie. Hi. I spent all night <laughs> stripping my living room. <laughs> we hadn't actually mentioned that. No one knows the context of that yet. So you're aware John was spent, I think he sent us a message at like 10.30 where he'd started work on decorating in the living room. I hadn't Why? started work. I started uh, after dinner. I didn't start at 10.30. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was not. Hello and welcome to the Digitals in a Cruel World podcast. We have our first feature episode this week and doing a deep dive into specific issues that businesses um, encounter and how we can utilise tech to solve things. I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, John. John, how are you? Hi, Ryan. Yeah, really good. Um, and obviously, because this is an open banking focused episode, super excited about this. Yeah, you are way too enthusiastic about open banking, mate. We're going to have to find some other topics just to bring you down again. We are delving into the realms of open banking or how tech can um, solve a specific problem utilising open banking. And the topic for this episode is the pain of payroll payments. And we are um, lucky enough to be joined by Tom Beckenham and Becky Danks from Comma, who are the CEO and head of product. We know that Comma are looking to solve a specific pain point, utilising their solution, obviously not just what Comma do. Um, and if you've listened to previous podcasts, you um, would have heard from Gare, who talked a bit about the product and um, what it solves generally. But we are delving into the payroll payment problem, as we know this is a massive issue for lots of businesses and payroll bureaus. So, both Tom and Becky, how are you? Very well. Thank you, Ryan, for inviting us onto the show today. Yeah, really good. Thank you. And I'm super excited to talk about all things comma and open banking in particular. Well, thanks both. So let's jump into a bit of the problem. John, I know that we are both in mid-tier firms and we both have payroll bureaus and we operate on that basis a lot of payrolls for individual businesses. But in the realm of what we do and with our digital solutions, delving into the, the, the way businesses run, the pain points they suffer and how we can help solve them, we've also looked at these problems from a business perspective. So I feel we've got a general overview of um, the pain points and the issues and the problems that businesses encounter around payroll and how personal that feels. Because making payments to employees is an incredibly fraught area. If you get that wrong, that's where people are going to come after you and you're going to have massive issues internally. So from your experience, John, what are some of the main problems that both businesses and payroll bureaus encounter in this? Well, thanks for throwing me the hospital pass there, Ryan, given that neither of us have worked in a payroll bureau, really. So let's break this down. The key thing is quite often with either businesses or our own internal tech is that we will have payroll bureau software, which will come from any manner of places. We'll then have some payments piece to attach to that, or we would want to have some payments piece attached to that. And that will typically look like a back bureau. And that can be quite a bit of a headache to get signed up for. It can be quite expensive. There's quite often bonds to pay and other things that, that are all part of that old school banking system. If you're not in there, then more often than not, what you'd be doing is trying to make payments uh, either through your bank account. And of course, there's risks there in terms of keying in the wrong amounts, the wrong account numbers, wrong sort codes, etc. And so what we found over time is that some of the payroll software has allowed you to export some sort of file and import it into a banking system. But then there are all manner of problems around compatibility, whether banks will accept those files, how those files are formatted, etc. And so it's, it is 
it is problematic. It takes time. And as you said, it can be fraught with error and, and risk because the thing that happens more often than not is if you get payroll wrong, it's your employees that are either knocking down your door or if you're a bureau, it's your client who's got an angry employee who's not been paid the right amount, who's then knocking down our door going, what the hell are you doing, guys? So so there are problems that have to be managed and it's not an ideal streamlined process. There are very few solutions that allow you to go from payroll solution to a bank payment. And if you've got an accounting company in the middle offering that bureau service to offer that intermediary process of checking payroll and checking those payments before they're then filed. And that's a really critical part of the problem. And I've found from our own experience that it's time pressured. Um, the turnaround from when you run the payroll to needing to make payment is, is very um, short. And so there's the risk of doing something quickly and making errors. So linking systems processes, making that streamlined, removes some of that risk or at least significantly reduces it. From our perspective, we've always tried to avoid running this service entirely, running the payments for our clients, because we are not a backed bureau. So we have to manage individual logins for each client, which have to be stored centrally. With remote working now, and we've got less people in the office, less access to that. So actually trying to manage them um, in a, a relatively small team, manage that, that payment process is yeah even more challenging. But it'd be really good to get some insights from the common team about the problems that they've seen for businesses individually and from talking to their accounting partners and why that's driven them into looking into trying to resolve this issue. Maybe I can chuck this across to you, Tom, first. Sure. Thanks, Ryan. So you've touched upon a couple of issues. Firstly, BACS. So BACS is like the fax machine of payments. This is an old school system which requires forms and meetings to set up and often small businesses never have access to it. So if you do want to use BACS, you're resorting to a, a payroll bureau, which is another party which you have to communicate with and they're often expensive to set up uh, and cumbersome. And so many small businesses don't bother. They just plain decide that they're going to spend a few hours uh, keying things in. And as you partly pointed out, that's terribly error prone. And if often people will swap around digits and pay gross amounts instead of net amounts and all sorts of things. And so, yeah, we, we really wanted to solve that problem because we felt that you know, payroll is beautifully automated to the point of actually paying. And we felt that that was something that really had to be solved. Commas bigger than just resolving the, the payroll side. And for those listeners that haven't listened to the previous podcast that's delved into the Comma product, would you just be able to talk a bit about what Comma does as a whole and what it's built upon, how that lead into solving the payroll issue? Absolutely. So Comma is a product which basically will enable you to make bulk payments. So anywhere that you need to pay more than one person in one go. So that can be suppliers or payroll or anything like that. And at the moment, we're an app based product where you would arrive, integrate your accounting system and then automatically sync with that and initiate payment runs that you potentially want to make. And that has benefits for SME business owners who potentially aren't wanting to take on that mental burden of keying in those payments that they need to make each time they go into their bank account and the potential risk of getting it wrong. But then also for, for accountants, if you have multiple clients that you need to be servicing, you can initiate those payment runs within the bank accounts of your clients and then send it off to them to be authenticated. And this is the key USP of, of Comma, which is all around open banking. So we're open banking first and being able to use the open banking network to initiate payments within the bank accounts of individual users really puts us at an amazing pivotal point of not having to integrate with too many other parties as other providers need us to do. 
as John knows on anything open banking related, the, the beauty with, with open banking is that streamlined connection. So you are that middleman linking one system to another, enable that streamlined flow of data in a secure way. And I believe the way your system is built, it enables the creation of by one party, but the authorization from another. So you've got that approval flow automatically built in. Is that right? Correct. Yeah, this is something that right off the beginning of Comma, we were very keen on to create this collaboration tool, which enabled people that didn't normally have bank access to be able to set up payment runs, manage payees, and then be able to share that with someone that did have access. Generally, the only person that has access to the bank account is the business owner. And adding anyone to that bank account is a complete pain and risky because like you might be having junior staff, for example, like you don't really want to give them access to everything, but it would be useful to be able to delegate some of the process of, for example, paying suppliers. And so for us, sharing and collaboration was built in from the beginning. It's all about getting data from one system into your bank. And because the traditional means of doing that has been file-based, uploading spreadsheets, which could be in any format, literally. Every bank has a different format for this. And it was really hard to automate. So we really wanted to change that. The other thing that we experienced, as you alluded to, when you're paying bills, you want potentially someone else to run that. But when you're managing payments for employees, well, that becomes a lot more risky because you may not want that person to see what other people are being paid. So that naturally drags that back into the business owner's lap and creates a bigger burden for them when they're already really busy on something that's incredibly um, time dependent, that they are having to run that. And that puts a lot of pressure on the business owner. And with that, if they're outsourcing to the, the payroll bureau, a lot of pressure on the relationship between them and the uh, payroll provider, as pretty much every payroll bureau in the UK experiences. It's a very high pressured, high risk, high, high speed turnaround area and something that I'm happy to not be directly involved in. So I think solving this is going to be a, a massive win for a lot of accounting firms as well as small businesses. Yeah. And th so the way the comma handles this is that if you are working on payroll, only the, that person who is, has access to that payment run for payroll will see that. If you're working on bills, then other people can collaborate on that. And so there's a way to hide payroll from the rest of your team unless they are explicitly given access to it, which solves that problem. And how does that payroll integration work insofar as from the payroll software point of view, if you like, you've got an X amount to pay for wages and salaries for everybody. But in the banking point of view, you've got individual amounts for those individual employees so when you sit inside comma do you see uh i don't know a payroll run of a hundred thousand pounds or do you see however many lots of two and a half thousand pounds each well so within comma you don't see the statement of the bank you'll see the executed payment runs so the staff that have access to payroll see the payroll amounts the staff that don't have access to payroll do not see any amount at all um, they, they can't even see the total. Basically, there's a way to hide the payroll payments from the rest of the team. But it depends on how you operate. You could expose it to everybody in your team if you have a policy of transparency, but it's rare that that happens. Most of the time, there's still good reason to not be completely transparent with payroll. And in general, only a small handful of people have access to it. I'm aware we've started to delve into the area of solving the problem. I just want to put it back to the issue in hand. So when you were looking to solve this problem, you have two different areas to focus on. You've got the, the business owner that wants to run payroll in-house, and then you've got the payroll bureaus. Now, there's a lot of overlap between the two, but there'll be very different issues inside that that you need to resolve. How are you approaching that? What are considerations have you got between the business owner approach and the payroll bureau? Are you looking at two different processes entirely and how you resolve that in one solution? 
Sure. So we have approached it with multiple stakeholders in mind to so say either a payroll bureau or an accountant that we can enable to be a payroll bureau because of what we can do with comma. They actually see the same thing or they have the same tools that the SME does, but you would tend to use them in a different way. Let's talk about an accountant, for example, that is processing payroll and wants to be able to enable the owner to push the button to pay it. They could create a payment run from the payroll system share that with the owner who can then click one button to execute it, which saves that bureau or accountant from having access to the account altogether, cutting out multiple steps in the process. And so the SME, they may do the whole thing by themselves. So essentially execute payroll from the payroll system straight into comma and to the bank. Or if they have a finance team who is responsible for payroll, they could execute it themselves. So let's now explore how we can solve some of these pain points that we've talked about. There's a number of solutions out there. We've already touched on some approaches, be that a BACS bureau, which you need to be a slightly larger firm to achieve, and they come with their own problems as well as payment delays associated with that. You've got that direct login to banks, so being made a user on certain bank accounts uh, for your clients if you're a BACS bureau, or if you are a business giving those to individual staff. Though generally you're paying a premium for your bank account to get that access, and you've still got the risk of login names, et cetera, being um, lost specifically with direct access to your bank, a lot harder to manage. And then you've got some specific solutions out there. So you've got the likes of Telleroo um, and Credit and the virtual bank solution where a virtual bank account is uploaded with a certain amount of funds. A payment process is enabled in that system and then it takes the funds from that virtual bank. The issues with that is you are creating another bank account. You're having to make sure that those are maintained to a certain level. And if you're looking at employee payments, that time pressure, if someone's not put money in that, then you can't enable the payment to your employees and you've got a big problem. So from a payroll perspective, there's enhanced risk in that area. Now, I know Teller have, have mentioned recently a direct integration into Zero Payroll, which helps with that upload side if you're using Zero Payroll. There's lots of other payroll solutions out there. And generally, bureaus will not use the likes of Zero Payroll. They'll use a bureau-specific payroll solution. But there's other things out there as well. And I believe that the solution modular a little bit about, John. I was wondering if you could delve into that and how they're approaching it before we go back to the comment team. Modular are probably one of the first apps in the UK to really focus on the payroll payments problem. And they started out on the Sage payroll solution, which is probably one of the best places to start, given that it's one of the most popular in the UK. And then I've since branched out into, into other products like BrightPay, uh, Iris Pay, and things like that. But the way that the modular works is essentially in a similar way to, to the likes of Telleroo and Credec in terms of they are using an e-money account, so a third-party account, to create those payments from. And that e-money account has to be funded by, by the business owner. So the process has been streamlined as a consequence of that, but you've still got this intermediary account in the middle of this process. When I talked to to, to clients about payment processes and things. That's always been one thing that's put them off. They don't really want to have the money going out of their accounts with third parties to then go on to their suppliers, or in this case, their employees. They'd much rather have that relative control. So, so Modular have got a good place in this space. They've done a lot of work and that clearly, as many other people will be doing, they'll be wanting to move to banking rails because that makes everything much more tight and the integration's better. And they've got good quality partnerships at the moment in time. But... As we know, technology is rife for disruption and with open banking coming along, we know what Comma are looking to do. On that basis, it would be really interesting, uh, Tom and Becky, if you could delve into how Comma are approaching this, how you see open banking and the platform you've built on top of that to really streamline this in great depth. Becky, from your perspective on the head of product side, if you could delve really into the, the nuts and bolts of how Comma attack this. 
Yeah, absolutely. And so it's a really interesting challenge when we're thinking about utilizing regulatory driven APIs to transfer vast sums of money, especially in bulk payment APIs. And what we're able to do at Comma is integrate with a variety of API endpoints across banks in the UK for now. And by initiating bulk payments via these APIs, we can provide a really secure connection between the recipient's bank and the initiating party. And it basically means that it's a lot more secure. So you don't have to do any of the process of adding somebody else to your bank account so they can start moving money for you. You also don't have to ever get into the realms of sharing credentials or anything awful like that. I appreciate, Ryan, you've talked about that time pressure that occasionally there can be a temptation to do. So it's much more secure from that perspective. It also means you have a lot more control over the end-to-end journey of the money that you're pushing through to your payees or to your suppliers, which means that you always have that, that overall sight of exactly where that money's going. When you push it to an intermediary account, there can be a risk of it goes there. And actually what happens after the fact, you're completely reliant on that intermediary for that. And of course, it means that you don't have to do that overall maintenance of admin of the, that intermediary account as well. Basically, the way that it works within Comma is that you will bring in all of your all of your bills that you want to pay or upload your payroll files. And then we can connect your bank account using an account information call. And then you can initiate the bulk payment or single payment from your bank account direct from within our platform. You then redirect out to your bank and authorize that payment. And then you'll be redirected straight back into the Comma platform to see the confirmation. And that's it. So when you think about intermediary accounts and why they're being used, it's kind of crazy that you're using this extra account because your existing current account can't do what you need it to do. And that's really been the challenge. Whereas systems which use these intermediary accounts, taking money out of your existing current account and processing it separately, the challenge that we've been solving is really to automate your existing account. And that's a very, very different kettle fish. It means that money is coming from your account as it normally was and normally has been. Money is in there because that's the same current account that you use for receiving funds from from customers, for example. And what we're really doing is we are automating that process. We're not replacing it. Uh, We're completely automating and streamlining it. So, So we really see that like open banking is the future of all payments. Totally agree with you, Tom. I think it's definitely the way that we've got to go. Having technology on that front end of the, the whole payment processing system is really important. And being able to integrate and link systems together is, is incredibly valuable because that's where the risk of getting something wrong can happen. And we know that when you do get something wrong, you either end up with a, someone very angry knocking down your door, or you end up with a, a protracted conversation with your bank trying to get the money back, which often ends up unresolved. Yeah, intermediary accounts, it's like a last resort. Um, It's the thing you use when you literally just cannot automate your bank in any other way. And we are full throttle on open banking and we are working our way through all the UK banks to automate every single one of them. And how are you finding that process, Tom? Obviously, you're going direct to each of the banks. Um, And so as much as we have this wonderful regulation, which is supposed to make everything consistent and and applicable across the board, we know that that's not, not actually the case. Yeah, so for the context, my life before Comma was working directly for a, a third-party integrator. So integrating with bulk payment APIs for open banking and across the UK and Europe, any feature you wanted to build, we were there. But it, it does mean that I have first-hand experience of the trials and tribulations of integrating these API endpoints, and in particular for bulk payment endpoints. The legislation only gets you so far, and actually not all banks are created equal in that respect. And one of the most interesting things about building propositions on the back of a regulatory rollout 
of products means that you always second guessing, testing and validating the things written down in documentation is actually correct. And what you see in production is actually a reflection of what the documentation says. And even within that, what can you do to really test the boundaries of these products and these APIs that, that have been released into the wild from these banks? The regulatory, the, the RTS, the required technical standards only get you so far. And you really have to be pushing the boundary of, of figuring out, well, is that actually a payment limit for open banking or is that a payment limit for that person's bank account? And they said they don't need legal beneficiary name, but do they actually need it? Is that why this isn't working? And it's been a really rewarding process of getting to that stage. What we have in common at the moment is what we like to call a logic layer. And basically it's what we've built on top of all of those API endpoints we've integrated with to make sure they work first time and every time. And that's that's one of the biggest challenges, I think, of, of integrating via open banking for these banks. And secondary to that, it's also about meeting those banks at their, their own point of where they need to get to. So for the CMA9 and for banks that have business accounts as their bread and butter, they've come to the, the table much earlier in the rollout. We, we also see, really interestingly, banks which are focusing more on direct-to-consumer markets, but also have a business bank account offering. They haven't necessarily been as forthcoming with bringing either business account coverage or, or bulk payment endpoint coverage to the fore, but we're really seeing a lot of traction in that at the moment. Become a massive advocate in pushing banks along and the benefits for working with third parties such as yourself in actually enhancing their solutions. And but I want to delve into a few specific points that affect clients. One of them is that Clients have an innate fear or they just don't want to leave the current bank. No matter what the problems are and no matter how lack of how minimal service and support they get from the current bank, they never want to leave them. We experience this from just a bank feed perspective. Even if the bank feed is completely unreliable, they're not going to leave that. They'll just carry on. And that alludes to that virtual bank account and why they don't want to use. They're happy for everything to be in their one bank account. They know where it is. They feel it's safe. And they just want people to work with that. So the fact you're building directly in solves that problem. But as you mentioned, that bulk payment side is the bit that some of the banks still need to catch up with. And from payments of employees, bulk payments are going to be fundamental to that. Unless you've got one staff member, it's going to be fundamental. So are there big limitations in the UK banking industry about bulk payments? And how is the speed of that rollout going compared to the, the speed of your integrations into banks in general? Are they in par just slightly behind? Or is there a big gap between them? Since Jer and Rishi have joined the common team to lead the banking operations side, we've made huge headway with banks. Initially, we had a couple of the big ones. We talked like July last year, Barclays and HSBC and a couple of the majors. But then what we really want to do is to access a lot of the newer banks and challenger banks, the smaller ones. Uh, and since then, we've added something like 12 or 15 banks in the last three months. And we're finally getting on a roll now where we're able to demonstrate how things work at other banks and use that to get the next bank. By July, we'll be close to 95% coverage of the entire UK market with bulk, which is uh, brilliant. Yeah, that's a, that's a significant volume. Mm. That's covering a huge amount of mm. businesses that could benefit from this. And if you're saying you're going to have 95% coverage, from my perspective, there's absolutely no reason accountants payroll bureau shouldn't be reaching out to you now because when you bring in software, it always takes a while to understand that flow. And so mm. starting that conversation now, you'll be ready. I didn't realize the speed of you rolling that out and that's very impressive. It might be something you can't talk about because um, obviously your successor product <clears throat> is all about the relationship with the banks. But are you experiencing any particular banks that are problematic that really need either handholding or a lot of conversation? Well, yes. 
there are there are a handful which are particularly difficult and yeah it, it is more about a mutual understanding and there is uh, in some cases an attitude of we're going to do what the law tells us to do and and no more slowly but surely we're helping those banks understand that Open banking, I, I don't know where this thing came from about like open banking was meant to help people switch to new bank accounts. That is not what it's for at all. It's absolutely the opposite. It's enabled people to stay with their existing account so they can do more and, and surround that bank with innovation. So I feel that that's the message that's slowly getting through to the banks. I'm just wondering, are there, two, are there two issues here with this? We know, certainly in the UK, and I suspect in other countries as well, a lot of the banks that you come around through multiple acquisitions, mergers, et cetera, over the years, and some of the underlying technology that these banks are operating on is fairly woeful so i'm wondering you know is there an issue there with some of the legacy technology that the banks are using which doesn't actually enable them to open up the things that you want to see but then on the other side is there a regulatory issue here in terms of like you say banks are ticking the box to say we've done the bare minimum but do we need more regulation to force banks to do more or do you just think that that will be driven by the market you raise really interesting points there john i think it's both so If you think about the natural evolution of the banking landscape, you're absolutely right. Mergers, acquisitions and, you know, legacy platforms built on legacy platforms have meant that you have completely different and almost wildly nonsensical processes that exist in different banks, but they actually all do the same thing to protect consumers or to provide the same general set of services. And then on top of that, we had a European regulatory when we were there, a part of it, which meant that they all had to do exactly the same thing. But the interesting thing about open banking is that what they had to do was provide parity in their channels. So open banking is a channel of of accessing banking services via a third party in the same way that digital or telephony or branches are, are a channel for them. So they have to provide the same service that they would offer in other channels within their their third party API driven channel. And that was the regulatory push. Really what we're seeing there is is the translation of maybe decades of strange processes and rules and requirements into an API driven landscape. And whilst they are hitting the mark in terms of saying, I've managed to create exactly the same, you know, process that I have in my branch journey over an API journey. What that doesn't provide is parity across the different banks that you can use and see. So it's a mixture of not being a true leveler. The open banking legislation doesn't bring everything down to its residual parts so that you can completely integrate and have a normalized approach across all of the different banks. But it does mean that you can innovate and then use those endpoints to create your own products and services. If I answer your second question, you asked about whether we need more regulation in order to make that rife. And actually, I would say that the regulation can get you so far, but actually what the banks, they, they need to realise that actually there's a monetization opportunity in this for them. They've spent a lot of money to, to build these API endpoints and they are yet to see the value that that can drive for them because they've been forced to make it readily available. Whereas they have an opportunity here to bridge that gap between those processes they have in their other channels that they've embedded into their API endpoints and actually put a level on top of that into maybe premium services or additional normalization and, and standardization, which will truly open up companies like commerce to really realize that value 100% and so it's interesting you give that analogy of the api or the open banking side of it being just another channel i find that quite fascinating because ryan and i do a lot of 
systems implementations, things like that. And, and quite often when you're introducing a new technology, what you don't want to do is replicate what's already there. You want to improve. So I, I find that analogy somewhat sort of confusing almost insofar as having technology there doesn't mean that I want to go to the branch and, and interact with someone to get a savings account or whatever it might be. I, I want to be able to do that online with the push of a button as, as seamlessly as, as, as possible without any interference. And in fact, I want to do it sitting in bed at half 10 at night when it's convenient for me, not, not having to go into a town or a village somewhere and, and, and do that. So I do find that analogy somewhat weird. That's fair. The principle I'm trying to I'm trying to make is that their requirement is to provide the same level of service. So maybe the branch analogy is a bit of a stretch, but, but if you can go in and call up and, and make a payment over the phone and the person that you're speaking to over the phone says, oh, well, unfortunately, John, you are, you've reached your £100,000 limit today because you bank with, I don't know, Lloyds or whoever it is. That means that, that that limitation will also be placed on your open banking channel and your open banking journey. Whereas if you bank with, I don't know, say Santander and you want to do a bulk payment, they might say, oh, well, actually, John, the, the file size that you've uploaded to initiate this payment is over a certain uh, certain size. And so therefore, that's the limitation that we're not allowing you to place on that. So that will be the same in the channel via open banking. Mm-hmm. So if you think about that as two differences in what we try and normalize in comma, that's a really good example of saying, okay, well, we have different requirements from these different banks in a regulated API framework that we now have to normalize and, and change. And it's all because of the way the banks have previously set those rules in their other channels. So it's all very interesting, but we've pivoted down a detailed open banking route and away from payroll. So I'm going to try and bring it back to payroll. There's a couple of pain points that I want to touch on. We've already covered the integrations with the banks and you've given that time frame. And the fact you're going to cover 95% by July is just crazy from where we were. But the other side is the integration from the payroll system into your system. So we've covered, obviously, if you've got that direct link from your system to the bank, that's covered, that's secure, that's automated, that's fluid. It's how we get the information from the payroll system into your system or any other system, taking comma as an example. And with that, the security regarding accounts and sort codes, um, because that's where fraud could come in, and also the flow of data. So we're reducing the risk um, of error. It'd be good if you delve into how comma approaching that. You've got from a basic thing, export import. But if you've got export import, you've got risk associated with that because people can play with a file or you've got direct integration. So it'd be really good to understand how comma approaching this, maybe in stages from a, from a development point of view. So we really believe that embedded payments are the future of payroll. There should be no break between the end of the payroll run and being able to execute a payment. There should be no import-export. There should be no having to log into something else. It should all really be integrated. So pay with comma was our answer to that. And pay with comma is a, a system which connects you into your comma account, but it works a lot like Stripe in, in the sense of an e-commerce site. So as you get to the point of purchase, you essentially click through the next step and you're paying. Uh, and that's really where we see payroll payments going. So we developed pay with comma with ease of integration in mind. So pay with comma enables payroll systems to very, very easily integrate a button into the end of their payroll at the end of the payment run, where they can push all of the payroll information through one API call through to comma and eliminate the user from even needing to sign into their, to their app. So essentially you can just take the user immediately to a screen where they can then execute that payment or share that with someone who can execute that payment. And one of the reasons we ended up with that 
is that in Europe in particular, there are very, very few payroll APIs. And when you look at any that are out there, those APIs give access to everything, every single bit about that person and about that salaried employee. Whereas we really wanted to minimize the amount of data that was needed to pay that person. So we developed something where you could easily integrate this into systems which didn't have APIs and you could easily integrate it into systems which did. And you can create a seamless experience for the user because in our experience, the customer just got stuck when they got to the end of running payroll. And it's like, well, what next? Do I export a file? Do I do something? So we wanted to make sure the process was seamless. A single button sounds great. And I assume then from that, that account sort code um, risk area that'll be sat then in the payroll solution and how the user management sits in the payroll solution so it's the risk and the controls are not around comma it's inside payroll is that correct correct yeah we are looking to introduce a way for payroll systems to validate those payees before they save those details um so there's a system in the uk called confirmation of payee which uh, there's a phase two of that system it was only available to banks in the early stages, but there's a phase two of that, which enable third parties like us to validate payee details and confirm that the name's the same at least, the bank's, uh, bank's correct, and all sorts of things. So when the payroll system is saving that information, they can make a call to us and then they could validate that payee, but we also may validate that through at the other end. No, that's brilliant. I remember when we had Jaron, he, he alluded to the fact that the confirmation of pay could be the end of fraud because obviously you're validating that side of who you're paying. And I think that that is the silver bullet that we're, we're aiming for. But in that pay with comma, you alluded to Stripe. And I know that the way comma works is generally using the open banking payment rails. So it's just a single subscription cost rather than a pay per transaction model. Does that still work with the pay with comma button? Because the way you built it is, is not a transaction cost based model. Is that right? So the way we, we are doing pay with comma is a pay per employee model, but that the beauty of it is that you don't actually have to subscribe or enter a card at that time. We're including a small payment per pay. It's actually very cheap and it is included as an open banking payment in the bulk payment. We were absolutely pedantic about removing action steps uh, in that process so that you could pay everybody and pay the employee fee right at the time. And then, yeah, if you want to subscribe, you can. But yeah, we wanted to make sure that process was as seamless as possible. That's brilliant. And are you able to allude to the payroll providers you're starting to work with or is it too early on to delve into those realms of where that pay with comma button may appear first? I reckon at that time we would be able to announce it, but I can't. <laughs> no, it's all right. Not thought I'd ask just in uh, case. Um, I, I enjoyed the comfortable silence. Uh, <laughs> definitely entertaining. As you as you build that, announcements will come out anyway. And anyone listens to the podcast will be sharing those to make sure you're aware. So we've talked about the issues. Really, the next step would be talking about how for payroll bureaus, this opens up a whole new potential revenue stream because. If you, as a payroll bureau, have always shied away from running payments for your clients and because of the risks involved, if you've got a system that streamlines that, protects you, enables your client to easily authorize payments, and it's an area that is a high risk, high stress for a client, you've got a premium service that you can now charge without too much added hassle. So it's assuming that you've got the payroll bureau that integrates with payroll comma and you've got a client that's using a bank account that links into payroll comma, you've got that streamlined that streamlined service. So this is definitely something that if you run a payroll bureau and you're not enabling payments or you're finding an incredibly cumbersome process, you should be reaching out to, to comma to talk about 
how we could work together, streamline that, what the timelines of integrations with certain banks, maybe if you've got certain clients using certain banks, and also what bureau you're on, and maybe when integration may come into place. So, John, have you got any thoughts about any of that? Is this something that um, you may be approaching? Yeah, we are a, a, a Baxter approved payroll bureau at the moment but as i mentioned before that's super expensive and it's it's cumbersome to maintain and you know having moved our payroll bureau solution last year to something a little bit more exciting from a tech point of view and a little bit more streamlined but we're definitely looking at, at, at more ways that we can now build on the end of that because ironically we've got a nice new payroll bureau but we've got a really clunky payment solution on the back end now so we definitely need to look at that and that, that's something on our radar but equally i think as you mentioned ryan you know a lot of a lot of business are keen to make that process as seamless as possible because they don't want to run the risk of taking data out of one system and into another and maybe having to manipulate that data rekey etc so anything that makes that process really easy is always going to be of interest to businesses particularly once you've got that layered structure of being able to have someone maybe who runs payroll sets up the payments but for another person to check them and, and approve them that's massively valuable for businesses so all of this is super exciting. The challenge for the likes of Comer and for others is that the payroll bureau's solutions themselves also need to open up their technology to enable those payments to be made at their back end rather than having to be handed off through multiple processes. Cool. And Comer has an accounting partnership channel. Would you, Becky, Tom, be able to talk a little bit about that, the benefits for accounting partners and how they go about reaching out if they want to learn a bit more about this? Sure, yeah. So we've been working with accountants from the beginning. It's the first people that validated what we were doing, first people that we really focused on as customers for Comma. So a lot of where Comma's come from has come from accountants and bookkeepers and payroll bureaus who have told us just how much they need these things. So you can become a partner with Comma as an accountant or payroll bureau. You can simply contact us at hello at usecomma.com or come to our website. There's lots of things that you can use to get going now as an accountant. There's lots of things you can do beyond what you might see. So please, if you're an accountant, contact us and we can take you through all the hidden secrets of how you can make common work the best possible way for your business and for your clients. And alluding to those hidden secrets, you run a Slack channel that your partners can go in and see news, comments, feedback, et cetera. Even if you're just experiencing a problem, you get a really quick reply. I'm in part that that Slack channel, so I've experienced that myself. I really want to mention partners, but I'm just like... <laughs> yeah, no, I can you say what, Can you say what colour the logos are? Oh, they're, they're, they're... <laughs> Every colour. <laughs> One's blue. <laughs> Oh, I assume one might be green, depending yeah. on the route. Can you tell us which ones are the naughty banks and the good banks? I was wondering whether it'd be a bit more controversial about banks. It depends on what the right approach is. Like, we, there, there is a way to hit them over the head with a hammer. You can go to the FCA and do all sorts of things. For me, I feel like if regulation was going to be extended, it'd be like, well, implement SLAs. Make sure that there's, you know, they have like 99.9% uptime and reliability through each of these endpoints, which they're getting better and better and better, but there isn't actually any regulated SLA, which I think is important. Make it easy to open up business bank accounts for testing. Right now, we have to do this juggling act around opening up bank accounts, which is crazy. That just really stifles innovation. So I feel it like some of them as well, some of the really bad ones will stick fraud processes in purely around open banking, which I feel is really wrong. So I, I could have gone hard on some of the banks, but I'm just too much of a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs>
That's partly to do with the UK culture of banking, though, because if every solution that you present, they'll definitely find a problem for it. So it's just Mm. overcompliance on some things. In a previous life, we did a lot of open banking API monitoring, and we had like an external service that would publish of time and availability of these API endpoints for the CMA9 and challengers. That almost went three quarters of the way of saying these banks are good (laughs) and these banks are shit. You didn't have to name names. You could just show some data. It's So so frustrating working with these larger players I imagine it from like the just the technology adoption curve sometimes you get the innovators and the visionaries that can see it and then the rest of them you need to drag them over broken glass and I don't know if you've read that book Crossing the Chasm but it is just like that okay fine it's not compliance but it's an opportunity for you and the question I had is should most of the banks do more to ensure the adoption is more widespread it is it is massive now open banking billions are transferred now uh, via open banking like we're transferring millions and millions so it's like look at like what's been happening with hmrc like you can now pay your tax with that uh, with open banking there's it is now extremely well used and it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger i think well, that's, that's something we didn't cover actually because obviously we focused on employee payments but we didn't focus on like the mm. PAY payment side so i assume that's something you're resolving yeah. as part of it as well um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you can pay the PYY payment at the same time you pay on um, payroll payment and you can date it differently uh, if you want to. We also enable the payroll system to automatically include the reference and have that pushed through to the bank, which is brilliant because that's the thing that everybody stuffs up. And then you have yeah. to call up HMRC and say, oh, I remember that. Yeah. The payment for that last month. No, that's this month. And that's thing. So we, we enable the payroll system to completely automate that so that you can uh, always have the right reference every single time. That's incredibly powerful. And I assume the way you integrate into the likes of Zero, does it help with the reconciliation? Because the problem we find with, from reconciliations with HMRC payments is that you, you can use bank rules for certain things, but the payment to HMRC could be POA, it could be VAT, it could be corporation tax. Someone's always going to post the wrong account. They always do. If you can streamline it so it automatically pre-populates it, it's that payment's going to POIE mm. inside Zero, you've solved a big problem there as well. Yeah. We haven't done that, mainly because a lot of the payroll systems did post those journals to zero directly. So at the moment, anyway, to. we've decided not to not to do that. But I won't rule okay. it out. <laughs> Great, but it might be something mm. to explore. Anyway, I just wanted to d- touch back on Indy's point. It's really interesting. And this is one of my favorite subjects because banking strategy, especially in the UK market, is so challenging because from their perspective there really are people in these big banks who definitely see the opportunity and they want to push forward and they want to do innovative and cool stuff but the problem they have is that there is decades and decades of business that has been built up with thousands and thousands of people employed and it's based on a banking relationship that you have as a consumer where your bank is respected and owns a relationship with you and it's very relationship driven so if you think about it in terms of you used to go to your bank manager and ask to have a loan and have an interview and wear a suit and actually all of those people still are working in those banks like it's that's not too long ago that that all happened and what open banking does is it completely disintermediates that relationship piece it means that comma have a relationship with you as a consumer and your bank is just a commodity and if you're a commodity you have to price yourself completely differently you have to have a completely different operating model you have to basically 
throw away everything that's given you identity as a bank in the UK in particular. And so what they're trying to rile against at the moment is innovating to the point of providing cool and interesting products and services while still not giving away what they think of their their customer is so, so important. And actually consumers don't care because they just want to use banking as a service and and that's it. Um, A lot of big banks, they just want to be a list of services that they can offer and let the fintechs and let the startups and, and TPPs provide the real relationship layer. Yeah, well... I think the pains and that you described also just sound just like accountancy firms. The bigger ones, it's like trying to knock knock us over the head to get us to change anything. You've got the innovators in there, but you've still got the old guard. So it's a hard transition for, for any big corporation um, that's mm-hmm. set in its ways. That brings another pod to a close. So I hope you enjoyed our first feature episode. If you like the pod, please do follow, which downloads all episodes to your device. So you're keeping on top, you're getting notifications as soon as they launch and please review reach out to us give feedback we're always trying to improve what we do and tom and becky if if people want to learn a little bit more about comma or just open banking and have a chat about what's changing especially regarding solving this payroll payments how do they reach out to you specifically what's the best channel to do so well, you can email me, so you get me at tom at usecomma.com, our whole sales team at hello at usecomma.com or LinkedIn. I'm pretty open. Yep. So similarly, I'm Becky at usecomma.com or Becky Danks on LinkedIn. Brilliant. And thank you both for coming on. I think it's been a really informative discussion and hopefully a lot of value for our listeners. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. And please tune into the next episode for even more.